Please be seated. Some years ago, as I was being drawn by my Jewish husband from the Roman Catholic tradition into the Episcopal Church, which is a story in itself, believe me, I was asked and even began asking myself, why the switch? And the answer, because I feel, pardon me, closer to God here, came pretty readily. And naturally, just as readily came questions about what it means to feel close to God and what I mean when I say or even think the word God. And then came profound gratitude for the freedom of interpretation that is available here, not just available, but encouraged in this tradition. At least that's been my experience. So I want to lift that stuff up today in a couple of ways, starting with exploration of the gospel story before us and the layers of meaning in it about closeness to God. Heightened interest in what it means to feel closer to God rose up for me out of Jesus' references to his Father and going to the Father. Something is still moving inside me about how While the totality of a supreme being may be utterly incomprehensible to us, Jesus knows that this is so. And so we get, so what we get from him in today's story, I think is a particularly clear example of how, in light of that incomprehensibility, he's determined to be helpful to meet us where we are. Imagine, if you will, that what Jesus is trying to do is to take ultimate concepts and work out right in front of us the best tools, the best language and imagery to use to lead us to places of better understanding of what God means and what feeling closer to God is like. And in that process, I believe it is his desire to draw us more and more toward God's dream of beloved creation community and how we can be involved in both its formation and growth. So where are we? We're back in the upper room. Jesus is in the middle of what's called the farewell discourse, a long and unhurried talk after the Last Supper and the foot washing. He's recapping a lot of his teachings and expanding on their meaning. You'll get a better sense of what I mean in a minute. The more I get to know Jesus, the more certain it seems that do not let your hearts be troubled is central to his teachings a central part of God's dream for us. And it's really interesting how he says that just before saying, believe in God, believe also in me. He does this to create an atmosphere, I think. And then he goes on. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, 
so that where I am, there you may be also. There's a lot in those two and a half verses. The mysterious thing of the mutual indwelling of Jesus and the Father and how reflecting on it invites visions of Jesus away from the others, praying, finding spiritual sustenance, and what that might mean for our spiritual sustenance. Then there's the many dwelling places image and what that suggests about there being room for ways of being and even diversity in ways of knowing about God and closeness. Wonderfully rich stuff that also seems to point toward freedom of expression. I love it. But when Jesus goes on to talk about going to prepare a place for us, for me, so that I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. I get something like a spiritual supercharge right here. He's going to the Father to dwell in the experience of love and goodness far beyond human comprehension. I guess that's where love and goodness abide, right? Waiting to be discovered, wanting to be discovered, wanting to fill us up. But what gives this a heightened spiritual quality right here is how Jesus is also showing us not just the aspects of love and goodness, but a dynamic, a dynamic that involves finding a way into that realm of mystery where new heights of love and goodness will fill us. And then he draws us into knowing that these qualities of love and goodness are meant to be discovered in order for us to return to the world so that we might be the ones to take others into the mystery, into new realms of experiencing new heights of goodness and love. This seems to me to be an illustration, an expansion on some of the meaning in his talk last week about being the sheep gate, the gate that swings, if you will, both ways, the gate that lets us into the mysterious realms, the many rooms where there is closeness with God to be had, where love and goodness far beyond our ability to comprehend await, and from where, once we are filled, our purpose becomes like his. Pilgrim, get thee back out the gate to pasture with liveliness and inspiration. Toil thou with joy in the formation and growth of God's dream, beloved creation community. Pilgrim, at our racial justice group discussion the other night, we all seem to like that word better than, say, ally, right? It's my word of the day today because we're honoring pilgrims, volunteers, that is fellow pilgrims on a shared journey. Our working list of Ascension volunteers is over a hundred people, the majority of whom are members of this parish and indeed toil with great joy as vestry members and <clears throat> open door ministers, ushers, acolytes, hospitality, altar guild, flower and garden. And I know I'm forgetting something vital, so please forgive me. A lot of what I've been trying to say this morning about God's dream is inspired by what I have come to know in these fellow pilgrims. I've seen how they abide in the mysterious realms, but I can't help but sense 
how they are nourished there. And I've witnessed with great admiration their return to various pastures, wide-eyed and blinking sometimes. And I marvel ceaselessly at the loving contributions they make. It is one of the supreme joys of this vocation. And I offer humble and truly tender thanks to these pilgrims of the gate who show me much about what God and closeness to God means. And then there are the Thomistic pilgrims, not so much like Aquinas, more like the Apostle, those who may dwell in somewhat different realms of mystery. I'm thinking about our pantry volunteers and folks like them, folks who, while not always adherents of faith community in conventional ways, are very much authentic pilgrims too. One of them, a young man, a leader among this group, who also happens to be a member of a faith community, well, he came to me yesterday and apologized that he wouldn't be able to be with us here this morning. And I asked him not to worry, that we will celebrate him and all of our pantry workers, all of whom will be very present in the spirit with us. Smiling, he asked me, so what are you preaching about? Jesus, came my stock response. But I went on to share what today's gospel story is. His denomination doesn't use a lectionary cycle, but he knew exactly our story today. And he says, oh, I think Thomas is my favorite. <laughs> and we talked a little bit about Thomas's three speeches in John. <clears throat> Let us go too, that we may die with him, referring to Lazarus in chapter 11. Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Here in chapter 14, and then the Doubting Thomas moment, where after having made a resentful dare, Thomas comes to utter what's been called the most significant pronouncement in all the Gospels, my Lord and my God, in chapter 20. And almost immediately, excited questions arose as to what these speeches suggest about Thomas's nature, his yearnings, his inclinations, and what began to come into focus was how there's a universal spiritual element in these Thomas moments that makes space for things like proximity to the experience of love and goodness, space for the mystery of what closeness to God is, and even what is meant by the word God. Soon, perhaps because we happen to be standing in the midst of pantry volunteer bustling, our spirits quickened until it began to seem that those who serve, no matter their faith tradition or how it is or is not ecclesiologically expressed, move in harmony with Thomas's desire to be closer to God, closer to heightened states of love and goodness. And then as I watched our pantry service roll out yesterday, and it was a crazy day, I could not honestly tell which of us were on our way in the gate to find spiritual sustenance or on our way out of the gate to share it, which says that much more of what I was hoping to find in all those questions of meaning.